I'm Ricky Martin, founder of Hyper Recruitment Solutions, and this is the Recruiter Ricky podcast. This podcast is all about unearthing fantastic pearls of wisdom about how people can help themselves to get hired and how people hiring can do it better. Today, I'm welcomed by none other than the editor of the Recruiter magazine, Dee Dee Dokes. Welcome, Dee Dee. Thank you, Ricky. It's so good to be here. Well, we were speaking before we started recording that you and I first met five years ago when you kindly welcomed me on to a show that you were doing at the time. Why don't you remind us what that show was? It was A Drink With, and we had a few luminaries of the recruitment <laughs> world come in, choose their favorite drink, whether it was peppermint tea, which was yours, it was. or Prosecco, which one of our other guests had, and we'd have a drink together. I'd have my Diet Coke at hand, and we would just chat through anything and everything that came up, recruitment and otherwise. Well, I remember it was one of the, shortly after I started HRS, it was probably one of the first videos, media, content, things I had done. So to do it with you guys was great, but <laughs> you've just told me that I said peppermint tea and someone said Prosecco. So you've ultimately <laughs> just told me that I was boring. No, 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 not, not <laughs> at all. Um, in fact, it was great to see someone have such refined tastes, if you will. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've been called refined. I'll, I'll take it. Um, I think what would be great is for people to understand who you are and what you've done. And um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you are the editor of the recruiter magazine for the best part of a decade and a half is my understanding <laughs> so do you want to tell us a bit more Didi? yes um i have had the great privilege of being recruiters editor uh since may 2005 wow. um i became associated with recruiter while i was earning my master's degree i did some freelance work for recruiter and at the same time I finished my master's, the editor's job came open, and I thought, I want that one. And here I am. Well, and here you are, and here you've been for a long time doing that role. Yes. And I think just to set the scene for everyone about the Recruiter magazine, and um, I guess this is probably good for you to know, I've never shared it, but the Recruiter <laughs> magazine is the voice of the Recruiter magazine that goes out monthly weekly remind me it goes out monthly it goes out monthly and it is the magazine that i would say it's the longest subscription i've had <laughs> to anything in my life more than any streaming more than any football thing when i was younger <laughs> i have probably seen every edition since i've been in recruitment which would have been since 2006 Wow. So if you imagine your journey at the recruiter started a year before I even joined the industry and I've been with you the whole way as, as one of your avid readers, viewers, whatever <laughs> you like to say it. Thank um, you so much. Oh, you're welcome yeah. and thank you for what you put together. I think what would be good to know is when we think of the Recruiter magazine, I see it as the voice and I see it as a great source of relevant recent information. But how would you describe the Recruiter magazine? What has been your vision for the, for the publication? We are, I would say, an objective publication for and about the recruitment industry. We are the industry's greatest advocate. We love what recruiters do. We believe that for the most part, they do it very well. I think UK recruiters are the best in the world. Yes, we are. Yes. yes. And we are keen to be there to support recruiters. At the same time, we have a responsibility to call out bad practice mm -hmm. when we see it. Um, and so we're, 
I like to think of us giving the recruitment industry tough love. Yeah. And if we think about that tough love, I'm trying to do the math in my head now, but <laughs> 15 years, we're looking at the best part of 180 additions during that period. Is my math r roughly right there? Well, until 2011, we were every two weeks. Every two weeks, okay. And so there were some more issues in there. Um, but going back to that, question. We need to shine a light on great things that are going on in recruitment, the successes, the achievements, and also let people know, you know, how evolutions that are taking place. That's, you know, you mentioned the 15 years. With a magazine like Recruiter, and we also have a daily web news service, we can't stand still. The industry has not stood still. We can't either. And we have to keep evolving with our readers, with the industry, with what is going on in the industry. And we need to be able to reflect the concerns and the aspirations of our industry as they change all the time. I think what's interesting is think of that change. So when I joined, it was we were just moving, and I, it might sound crazy to some people, but it just moved away from the days of faxing a CV to a client to propose a candidate for them to consider. And um, LinkedIn at the time wasn't even really a thing that I don't even know if it was even existing, but it, yes, we, we didn't it did. use it. So, Faxes have just come away. The Rolodex have just come away for some salespeople. If you think of where recruitment has changed in 15 years, it is, and the pace it's growing now from both sides of an industry and technology is, is, is incredible. I mean, what do you think, considering what you've seen is in 15 years has been the biggest change in the way recruitment is done? The easy answer is technology. Hmm. Technology has changed the how of what people do. However, it really hasn't changed what they do. Yeah. And that's exciting, you know. Um, I think that even with all the technology help in the world, if you have someone who was a great recruiter back then, somebody who could work with people to get a great match for a job, I imagine that they're still great at that today. I love the fact that you said that because I preach this all the time and I'll preach it all over the podcast but people still deal with people and we can't forget that the recruitment industry is a people industry yes. as you said somebody back in the day who worked with people definitely could work with people today if they are prepared to appreciate the differences cultural differences the changes in economics all of these things but I think Let's look at tech. It is the the disruption of the yes. recruitment industry. But I think for every recruiter out there and for every job seeker who's thinking of either applying to a job with or without a recruitment company, disruption doesn't mean it's going to remove that sector. No. I think it means it will complement it. Um, do you think those companies that don't embrace technology will have difficulties moving forward? Well, there are degrees of embracing technology. Mm. Uh, if a company that doesn't go for every shiny new bell and whistle, I don't think they're at risk. I do think, though, that you have to keep up with, you know, a certain foundation of technology yeah. to do things. And it may be that the company wants a few bells and whistles, but you don't have to go after every new 
toy on the block. Well, let's look at what you guys are as a publication. Okay. I think everyone said that the paper publication would be dead because of the digital world. Reality is places like The Recruit have embraced the digital world and you have two outlets. Yes. And I am still that consumer that will probably more likely open the magazine and read it over a coffee break or lunch break than I will flicking through the digital side because there's so much on the digital world. So if we think of you guys have embraced the tech and you've got the audience on both platforms, I guess it's what recruiters need to do. Um, let's look at the Recruiter magazine. Let's think 15 years you've had a significant impact on the magazine and how we all look at recruitment. What has been your most, um, whether there is one, what has been your favorite edition in all of that time? Oh my gosh. The million dollar question. Wow, now that really is a, a tough one to answer because I love them all. You know, they're <laughs> kind of my babies, but for different reasons. Mm. Um, if I could highlight a few that have just... Of course you can, yeah. Um, an issue that we did this summer is one of my favorites in terms of the wonderful cover art that our designer did for I know us. exactly the one you're about to share. Oh, oh, we had a piece in there about, you know, the war for talent, which is a very cliched phrase, but it is a war for yeah. talent. And two companies were getting celebrities involved to try to attract people to different events so that the companies could court them, if you will. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that the people that the celebrities involved knew anything about the jobs, not at all. They were just there to grace an ambassador the event. to get people in exactly. the Exactly. Yeah. Beautifully put. Um, and they were SAP and the AA, two very different mm. organizations. But to tell that story, we had to have a really special cover that really told people immediately what this was about. Yeah. In my view and in the views of readers who've gotten in touch with us, it worked. And I'm really proud of it that. It was by far the most striking cover. I mean, clearly you guys had spent time and probably a lot of money coming up with. If you haven't seen this edition, it's the July edition. Yes, it um, is. July 2019 edition of The Recruiter, where we had multiple um, animated versions of celebrities on the front cover, which included Fern... Not Fern. Who did it have on Holly. it? Holly. Holly Willoughby. Oh, of course it. Of course it was Holly. And if you go inside and actually read the cover, you had Aunt Middleton in there. Um, yes. Who's one of my personal favourites. Yes. And I believe he must have been with AA. Yes. Um, they must have signed him up with some synergy and, and what. For those that don't know Aunt Middleton, we've got an SAS man that does SES, Who Dares Wins, and is all over the media now yes. and, on how we can help people's mindset push through difficult periods. And the AA perfect synergy so i thought that was a great cover thank um, you a great content um i was disappointed i didn't have an animated version on there dd <laughs> but that will come <laughs> only time will tell absolutely uh, tell me about any other editions you've been proud of i was very proud of our olympic edition mm. back in 2012 the my year gosh. i set up hrs that's how i always remember the olympics because it was in london i moved to london i set the company well, up, it was so. an olympic year all what around year. then wasn't it yeah uh, I was very proud of that, what we were able to do with that issue. Every year, I'm very proud of our Hot 100 issues, yep. of the 100 most um, profitable um, 
recruiters, not the ones who are making the most money, but who are the most profitable. Um, and our 11 most influential in-house recruiters. Yeah. So that's two. So let's go for, and we've looked at Olympics, let's go for a podium position. Give me one other, that being your top three recruiter magazines. Okay. We did a cover profile very early in my tenure of a very entrepreneurial recruiter named Brian Hamill, who, in addition to being very sharp, also happened to be extremely good looking. (laughs) And because he had a star quality, not only uh, with his good looks, but the way that he had bought up this company and was doing great things with it at the time, we thought we need to give him kind of a movie star look on the cover. And I think that that cover actually set the tone for a number of years for Recruiter because then it was people saying, well, I want to be photographed and be on the cover of Recruiter and be a star. And for a number of years, that was kind of our USP in terms of having these great profiles, doing original photography. And that was great for a long time. Now we're kind of evolving and getting more just at issues. I mean, we do still have profiles, but also, for instance, this month, we've got a cover feature on the visa issues that some recruiters are experiencing in getting people to staff their offices in the U.S. Well, if we think about attracting, I guess, your audience to read the content you're creating to help the recruitment industry, are we always going to be attracted by the photo of somebody that we might not know who they are, but it would tell us who they are? Are we going to be attracted to maybe some of the content that's hitting us hard? IR35 changes in 2020, um, immigration issues happen as a result of Brexit. Brexit, dare I use the, the, the dreaded B word, yes. um, which actually isn't a problem. It's an opportunity if we want it to be an opportunity. Oh, I'm glad to hear um, you say that. Too many people moan in this sector and every sector that is an issue. But let, let's move away from Brexit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, my, yeah. My okay. No, I agree. I think you've got three really interesting covers there i think it would be great um i'm going to look up the original ones i want to see who this this handsome brian chap is and <laughs> see who gave you that twinkle in your eye um but let's have a look at actually recruitment itself because yes. that illustrates perfectly what you've done in the last 15 years to give recruitment a voice to the industry and help to pave the way for the rest of recruiters um but during your time as an editor you've had to have you'd have had to make some serious decisions yourself in hiring within the business, within yes. your team. And I could only imagine in, in, in what you do that actually you've got some fantastic creative people, but are they going to actually fit the mold of what you want to create in your vision? So talk to me a little bit about what it's been like to recruit for a publication. Well, I'll start that off by saying that um, three of my team have been with me a very long time. Our wonderful production editor, Vanessa Townsend, joined us in 2007. Uh, Colin Cottell, uh, the most dangerous man in recruitment, he's been called by the sun, um, has been with us both 
uh, freelance and part-time and full-time since about 2006. And Graham Simons, um, our senior reporter, has been with us on and off since 2008. And I'll give a big shout out to Graham as well because Graham is constantly tapping me up for information <laughs> for the magazine with the tightest of deadlines, zero opportunity to really think, but he gets the job done for you, Dee Dee. So big shout out to Graham from my side. I am, I am so proud of him. <laughs> Well, of all my team. Uh, with our other members, we've had some guest stars, if you will. Uh, we've had people who've been with us maybe for two years and then have moved on, sometimes for visa reasons, yeah. uh, sometimes because they were able to follow their northern star in a different direction. Um, so we've had some great people with us, too. We've had one or two that... Um, weren't a good match. So I'm not going to ask you to name names because that's unfair of you and them. Whether mm. you like to, I'm going to protect their integrity. Yes. Um, what, what's, what's made them a bad hire? Why haven't they worked out in the firm? What, what is the issue that it's created for you? Well, with one of them, it was a rather complex um, set of issues. Um, I think this person genuinely had the skills but I think his lifestyle was not compatible okay. with um, coming to work all the time. And Is that all the time and on time, possibly? Um, the on time thing wasn't when he came. He was generally on time. But also, I don't think he had access to a laundry. Okay. Um, every time we had a big event like our recruiter awards or shortlist party, um, he was ill for the next few days. Okay. And not not great. Again, very skilled guy, but not a lot of common sense. I think the interesting thing you share, you've got two things there, and, and I talk about one of them a lot, and I will do on the podcast, but you've got skill and will is always that debate. Somebody's got the skills to do the job, but do they have the will to do it? This, I guess, is slightly separate. It's not that they haven't got the will, it's just they choose, they've chosen a different path in where their priorities lie. And I think that does apply to everyone in any job that even though you've got a job, you still need to take the job seriously and you are still a professional within your company and an ambassador on this occasion for the recruiter yes. magazine that you actually want to uphold your standards so let's think of standards maybe if we think of why that person hasn't worked that's a real good way of, of summing it up there was one more incident uh, which he used our social media account to uh, the recruiter magazine account uh, to contact a restaurant and ask for, or uh, excuse me, a drink supplier and ask for s free samples and then we would review it, which we don't do. So did, did they get their free samples? No, they did not. They didn't. And so they didn't turn up, you didn't try any yourself just in case they were there, just, just checking. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to flip the question because I don't want it to sound like I'm being negative, what makes a bad hire, but sure. why that is an important thing is we can talk about great hires and I'll ask you that question in a moment and we can all aspire to be a great hire, but it's easy to slip into the trap of, of some habits that yes. make you a bad hire. Yes. But I think sometimes you don't realize until it's too late. Um, and that's why I start with that question. But let's look at um, let's look at a good hire. The people that you've had and some of them stayed with you a long time, testament to you to keep hold of them and setting the pace and to them to, to being great workers. What's made them so good 
um, and when can you tell they're a great hire? They are all very different individuals, very, very different. Uh, you know, with some successful teams, you see some commonalities. I think the, the only thing that we have in common is that we all love the spirit of recruiter. You're all crazy is what we're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I've, I've hired them all for very different reasons. Okay. Let me give you an example. Uh, one of my hires, um, when he came to interview with me, he was very shy, very nervous. And I, he had good experience outlined on his CV. And I thought, I know this guy has mm -hmm. got more to give. He mentioned something about music. And that triggered something. And I said, tell me about your favorite band. And his favorite band is Iron Maiden. Fantastic. And he waxed poetic for some time about how Iron Maiden and how he'd been a fan for years and years. And I thought, this guy has passion. Um, he worked a fair uh, few years at his previous job. And I thought, he gets excited about things and he can commit. And so I had to hire him. Do you like Iron Maiden, Dee Dee? Mm. Um, I, I, <laughs> I went to see them a year and a half ago at the O2 oh, with some friends. I like them. They're not my favorite band, but I can relate. I'm not going to ask you a favorite band. I'm going to let that be an enigma because we know you do go, <laughs> you do go to gigs with Iron Maiden. So I'll let everyone imagine the rest. But I think what you've shared is really important there. Um, that sometimes when people are interviewing, they are nervous and shy and they might have the best CV, but their demeanor doesn't show that. And I think that's very normal. And I think if people are interviewing, they need to remind themselves that no one's invincible. We all have moments of doubt. And um, you can, even I, I think I can be confident exterior. There are moments where myself confidence questions whether things will work. But what you've been able to do as an interviewer is identify something in their profile, i.e. music, and then you've gotten to open up. So with that in mind, do you believe that hobbies and interests on a CV where you might have found that they like music are really powerful tool for the interviewer and the interviewee to talk about? I think they can be. Um, I think that the that the interviewer needs to um, use the hobby and skill to get back to what you're looking for in the job. Maybe it is that passion, or maybe there's some kind of knowledge that's going to relate back from that to what you need. Okay. Um, so I think in and of itself, um, they can't stand alone, but if you can make that link to the role, well, I think it's an art on both sides. I think there's the art of the interview, using it as a tool to help to identify behaviorals or competencies in someone. And I think it's the element of the job seeker or the candidate to actually think, if I use this smartly, I might be able to provoke a discussion. If, if, if you loved Iron Maiden, for example, and it said they loved Iron Maiden, there's, there's an instant link even before the meeting. Um, what hobbies and interests, and I labor this point because I think they're so powerful, what hobbies and interests turn you off? What, what don't you like to see when they use the generic versions in there? Wow, that's a tough one because I'm interested in just about any interest someone has that there has to be a, a reason for it can i communicate about all those things like if someone's built their own house i might have trouble understanding 
what questions to ask because I've never done that, but I could still be interested in it overall. Um, I really can't think of a hobby. What if I interest. ask it differently? Let's just say you don't care what hobbies and interest. Ultimately, it's a talking point. So let's say that they like the cinema. That's on there. That's a very typical one. I love movies. I could tell you my favorite movies and what I've seen recently and what I'm going to see next week. But what if you said, what if somebody sat in the meeting with you and you said, oh, I see like the cinema here, talk to me about the movies. And they couldn't tell you anything about the movies. They've used it as a filler of the CV. Okay. How would it make you feel then? I would feel as though they felt they had to make something up to be interesting. Yeah. You know, another thing, and that's an interesting point you raise about the cinema. And if I said, what kind of films do you like the best? And they mentioned some kinds of films that might be a, a, a red flag to me, or I might have to ask them, what do you enjoy about that kind of film? Uh, can you tell me a little bit more? So if it's a horror film and you're like, like I hate horror films, Ricky, why do you put yeah, horror yeah. films? And I say, because they make me feel alive. They make me feel scared that I can feel my emotions and my favorite one is Scream. You're getting an emotional response from someone. And yeah, and that's, that's great. You know, I can understand, while I might not share the interest... I can appreciate um, the the feelings that it would that it would rise. And I think what's powerful there for people to realise is don't just throw things on your CV to fill it. Um, I'm going to use your word. You, you did say they want to show that they're interesting. I'm going to be really harsh. If they're putting things in there that make them uninteresting, it will make a question mark in the hiring process. Um, if they don't tell the truth, correct? Yeah, that's the thing that makes me go. Uh, maybe I. Maybe this person isn't right for us. So let's look at the CV further. I mean, I've okay. moved this to hobbies and interests. Um, but when you've got a CV in front of you, no matter what role you're hiring, where does your eyes first go? What are you looking for when you quickly scan for 10 seconds over that CV? I want to know what they have done, what they are doing. Okay. Um, I'm looking for, if I'm looking to fill a particular role, have they done some of this before? Is there something, and so that would be the job just, yep, you know. the job description. Right. How do they illustrate? I've got an answer, but that's irrelevant. Mm. I want to hear how you see it. You could look at 10 CVs, yeah. and they all tell you they've done the same thing, for yep. the same tenure for the same firm. Therefore, right. they're quite vanilla. How would one of those CVs stand out above the other nine? Okay, what does the CV tell me about their initiative? Okay. Um, you know, seeking more responsibility or managing a product, uh, project or product on their own. Um, so would you expect someone to literally write within the description independently, I... Yes, yes. Um, I think a job description can tell you so much, but what have you done within that framework? Mm. How have you made that role your own you know there are some jobs and i'm most familiar with media so i can put it in that context there are some jobs that people just go through you know they fill that job and when they leave that job there's still that job but no matter how um, junior the role is 
What has that person done to make that role their own? What are people going to remember them for when they leave? And you, they won't have put that in their CV, like, you know, people will remember me for this, but it's what are the elements in there that show what they took pride in? If they wrote literally what you just said, mm-hmm. here's the description, here's three bullet points of what I've done, then they had a bullet point underneath it and it actually said, this is what they'll remember me for. Would, that, would you like that, that they've almost painted that out to you and they've given you the differentiator you're looking for? Do you want to be able to read between the lines there? Wow, that's a tough question. I've never seen it on a CV, so I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Um, I, I don't know how, um, how I would take that. Um, Maybe I don't think of arrogance, it, possibly, if they've said that, as direct as that? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Um, but I think it's more important what they want to be remembered for, you know? And that will show in what they've done for themselves, you know? Well, if you have anyone applying to the recruiter... Yeah. And they now write that on there. We'll yeah. know where that's come from. And <laughs> that's I think right. that, might, that might give you the X Factor moment for Didi to take <laughs> more time. Um, I'm going to move away from CVs because okay. uh, if I follow the process through, you, you're looking for a role if you're a job seeker. You apply to a role. Therefore, that's the CV element. And yeah. what we've, between us, we've kind of said, hobbies and interests can give you a mutual ground to discuss. But showing not just what you've done, what you've really done well and what you're remembered for will help. What about the interview? What is the thing? When somebody comes in into an interview room with you, mm-hmm. what is the one thing you're looking for from that person? I'm looking for honesty. I'm looking for enthusiasm for the role and for the those, those two things. Okay, honesty and enthusiasm in the role. How do you, how are you challenging honesty out of the person? Because I, someone can come in and give you lip service to try and make you think they're honest. Sure. How, how do you identify that real hidden layer if they actually are an honest person? Is there a question you can get to get out of them? There's the rather cliched question about, you know, what is your, what is your worst habit? Yeah. Um, what, maybe what would you like to improve about how you perform as in this kind of role. And what I'm looking for there is somebody who is cognizant enough to know that they might need mm. improvement in you know, some area and that they want to be better at what they do. So there's an element of humility in the person. Humility and aspiration at the same time. Okay, and can enthusiasm Let's just assume they shake your hand, they look you in the eye, they're smiling, they haven't engaged. Is that enough to get enthusiasm across to you or is there another way to show enthusiasm? Enthusiasm is demonstrated to me by the things that you mentioned, but also about the job elements that excite them. You know, you've seen the job description, yes. Which elements of it really appeal to you? What do you, why did this advertisement make a difference to you what made you want to apply i've got to say i've never heard that question asked and that is a powerful question Didi. oh that is a good question and i think um ultimately all you're illustrating from the person is one that they've read it 
two, that something's exciting them, therefore it's exciting you, and probably underline all of it it shows you where their real interests lie um i've never heard it worded that way and i might even steal that one please do and i might <laughs> ask somebody else that one in the future um i'm going to ask you one final question um before we kind of come to an end but let's move the process on somebody's applied to a job with a cv someone sat in the interview they've shown honesty and they've shown their enthusiasm let's say they've got the job how do they impress you within the first weeks in that job what's the best thing they can do to impress you now they're onboarding into the company they will understand, well, maybe this comes more with, with wisdom in a job for some time. Often people want so badly to impress you the first week and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. You can say, oh, please ask me all kinds of questions. They don't know enough yet around the, about their surroundings and so forth generally. Yeah to know what questions to ask. So I'm not offended if people don't ask things in the first week. After that, I want a lot of questions. Okay. So is it fair to say in a way you're at a period where you're saying there's no stupid questions other than the ones you don't ask? Um, and by asking, you're going to find the answers. Yes. Okay, so almost being curious and inquisitive in the role and being honest enough to ask those questions shows that they're the right person for you long term. Yes. Okay. Yes. No, I think you've shared some really interesting insights there from the CV. If we consider what's jumping out to you is what you've done great, not just what you've done. The interview, are you honest and enthusiastic and can you demonstrate it? And when they join you in your firm, are they actually doing what it takes to understand the role? Because you don't know what you don't know. And I absolutely love that phrase. Right now, we're, we're almost at the end of our time, Dee Dee. Um, I've asked you a lot of questions, but you've got so much to share that we can't put it in one podcast. Um, are there any final comments that you think are useful to our listeners that can help them with future endeavors? No matter what kind of career you're currently in, enjoy the journey and appreciate that the journey may have, may take you down different roads at different times. If you think you might enjoy an opportunity that's outside what you do, say yes. Try it out. Because everything that you do actually is going to be of value for you somewhere else. And that can be, um, if you're like me, if you're a journalist, and you go from different subjects, and you think, well, I don't know anything about that, but I'd love to learn, and that would be very cool. You know, do it. It can be whether you're a life science person and, you know, want to change disciplines. There may be a great deal of study involved with that and different experiences, but give yourself that opportunity. Don't box yourself in. It's never too late to do something different. And, you know, it's uh, life enhancing. So in a way, as long as it's within context, Regret something you did. Don't regret not doing something. Yes. Regret like that. And I'll give you a great example. You sh I think you'll know this. But prior to recruitment, can you remember what I did prior to recruitment, Dee Dee? You were a weightlifter. Y almost. I was a professional wrestler. So... Who yes. would think a professional wrestler would end up being a recruiter, running the Recruiter Ricky podcast of DD Dokes? <laughs> we've seeked opportunities, we've taken them, and we haven't regretted a single thing. Absolutely. And you're using that skill... Even now, you know, you have to wrestle with CVs. You wrestle like with interesting characters, you know, uh, metaphorically. 
it will have been useful. It definitely has. You're right. Everything has a value. And I think that's a, a great take home for everyone. Thank you, Dee Dee. Thank you.